my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mark Moss Show, where we talk about the decentralized revolution, talking about the way the world is breaking apart. And it is. It's breaking apart. Now, a lot of people don't really understand this. Uh, the decentralized revolution is where we're going from a world that's moving towards centralization and we're going back to decentralization. Of course, we look at it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology so we can put things into context. And the technology is Bitcoin, which is the decentralized technology that's going to help decentralize the world. Now, there's other technologies that are going to decentralize the world. I've been talking about that. We're going to talk about that more. Uh, a lot of people don't understand. They say, but Mark, what do you mean things are breaking apart? I, th I, I, I just see more centralization. More World Economic Forum, the United States is trying to lay down its sovereignty to the World Health Organization, all these things. And that is true. But you can also see the pushback. You can see the system cracking apart. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Big, 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 big topics, dominated news headlines. I've, I've talked about it extensively. I've been called on uh, numerous uh, podcasts and um, Twitter spaces to talk about this. And I am talking about the banking collapse. Now, in the decentralized revolution, we talk about three revolutionary cycles that are all converging. Of course, there's the 250-year political revolution cycle. There's a 80-year financial revolution cycle and a 50-year tech. But the 80-year financial cycle is where we're at. We're seeing the entire financial system being reset. The banking system is being reset. The uh, sovereign uh, wealth system, the entire global financial system is being reset right before our very eyes. 
about 80 years ago, we went into the Bretton Woods Agreement where the entire world, most of the entire world, agreed to go into a new monetary system. It would be a gold-backed system. Uh, the, it would be gold. The dollar would be pegged to gold, and everyone would use the dollar. Um, and now that system is being reset, and we're watching it. Now, it, it is not near as uh, neat and clean and easy as it was before uh, because as the cracks start happening, it gets very messy. It's very dangerous. You don't want to get caught up in this danger. You want to be able to navigate it correctly. And if you navigate it correctly, it can be massively profitable for you. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the banking system collapsing. Like I said, it's all over the news. Silicon Valley Bank SVB was bailed out. We're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about, like I said, how this goes into the banking system overall, not just for the United States, but for the world. What that means, we'll talk about steps that you can do to protect yourself. So we have a lot to cover. Um, like I said, I've talked about this extensively. And so I'm going to give you some different perspectives that I was thinking about last night, thinking about this morning. Because um, as, I, as I think about this, as I talk about it, as I discuss it, I keep kind of having these new insights and revelations. And so we're going to talk about a couple of different angles that I haven't really thought of. So let's dig in. All right. So first of all, the banks are collapsing. You've heard it. Like I said, unless you've been living under a rock, you already know this. You've heard about it. Uh, Silicon Valley Bank crashed. Of course, it wasn't the first one. Didn't happen in a vacuum. First, we saw um, it was uh, Silvergate Bank, first of all, and then it was uh, you know, uh, SVB. Um, now we're seeing uh, other banks. Signature Bank was taken over, et cetera. So why are they failing? Now, if you want a super deep analysis into the data, including looking at the charts and the graphs and, and the data, go to my main YouTube channel, just search Mark Moss on YouTube, and you'll see a very detailed video. I don't know how long that was. It was, it was long. It was, I don't know, I, I haven't looked, probably 20, 30 minutes, I'm guessing. But I have all the charts, I have all the graphs. If you want to see the data of exactly how this went down, so I'm not going to go super deep into that, because like I said, you can go watch that if you want. I'm going to give you the super high level, because I want to get to what I think is more important which is, why is the system failing? What is the government doing to prevent a new system from being built to save this system? Um, why it's inevitable it's going to happen, like I said, uh, and, and what we're going to do about it. Okay, so why? First of all, let's talk about that. So, um, well, we'll just say it's the Fed. <laughs> the, the irony here is that the Federal Reserve was created in 1913, and it was created to stop the boom and bust cycles. Specifically, it was created to backstop banks because previous to the Federal Reserve creation in the late 1800s, we had an era known as free banking. And what that means is that we had something called capitalism, where we had businesses that would compete against each other. And so you had all these different banks, and they would try out different models. That's how it works in capitalism. One bank would try one system. Another bank would try another system. And we were starting to figure out what was working and what wasn't working. And unfortunately, some banks went bust. And when the banks went bust, people would lose their money in there. Now, I believe, and this is a pretty radical viewpoint today, so I apologize if this offends you. Uh, not really. I don't apologize for that. Um, but my, my very radical viewpoint is that I believe that we should be responsible for ourselves. At the end of the day, anything that happens in my life is my responsibility. Just like anything that happens in my business is my responsibility. Even if it was someone below me, someone who was supposed to do that, at the end of the day, I got to take responsibility. It's my business. It's my life. It's my money. I need to take responsibility for where I put that money. 
So in the free banking era in the 1800s, it was the it was up to the people to be responsible for that money. Just like a Silicon Valley bank, it was their responsibility to make sure where they put their money was safe. And we'll talk about that. But first, let me continue to frame this up. So we had this era of free banking, and these banks were trying out different models. Capitalism at its finest. We were starting to figure out what worked. Um, part of what caused that banking system to collapse, the free banking era, was the government. <laughs> the government came in and put all kinds of crazy restrictions on this free banking, such as um, they couldn't have more than one branch open in different jurisdictions. And so if you got money, IOU claims, because back then gold was money, gold went into the bank, they gave us an IOU, a paper gold certificate that was redeemable for gold. But if I got a, a IOU from a bank in New York, I necessarily couldn't redeem that IOU in a bank in Texas or California. The banks were not allowed because of government regulations. They weren't allowed to open up separate banks. So what happened is if I wanted to redeem a, a, a paper gold certificate from New York in Texas, they would make me, they'd give me a discount. They'd say, we're not going to redeem it at hundred percent. We'll give you 75% or 80% or whatever it is. That really restricted it. Now it's no different. Um, I spend a lot of time in Mexico. As a matter of fact, I'm heading down to Mexico tonight. And in the very remote places of Mexico, they don't want dollars. They use pesos. So if you're in the tourist areas, they typically will take dollars. Uh, but your exchange rate isn't always going to be that good. Now, if you go to the more remote places, they may not take those dollars at all, or they're going to give you a very discounted exchange rate because what are they going to do? Now they got to go drive hours or whatever to the bank to go exchange it. So they're going to charge you for that. And that's basically what happened in the free banking era. That was number one. But the number two, this is a very interesting parallel protocol here uh, or parallel uh, way to look at it is that the governments forced these free banks to buy government bonds. And what happened is that that's government debt, treasuries, which are supposed to be the risk-free asset because the government's never going to default. But the problem is, is that the bonds crashed and these free banks were sitting on a bunch of government bonds that had lost value and the banks crashed. Now, interesting parallel because that's exactly what just happened in this banking collapse. They bought risky assets that were government bonds that lost money and they collapsed as well. Same thing that happened in the free banking era. It wasn't really free. It was mandated by the government. Can't have more than one branch. You have to buy government bonds, and they lost money. Then the Federal Reserve was started in 1913. We're going to backstop the banks. We're going to make sure that this doesn't happen. We're going to make sure that we regulate them, and they're going to be safe, and we're going to make sure that if they fail, we're going to back up the deposits. And so ever since 1913, when the Federal Reserve was created to do just that, booms and busts have only gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, we've had something like over 500 banks have failed in the last uh, you know, 30, 40 years. And we're having banks failing today. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the banking collapse that's happening, but we're going to bring it into a bigger context to show you how the entire financial system of the United States and the world is collapsing. How do we protect ourselves? What's coming next? All of that good stuff like we always talk about all the time. Um, again, listening to the Mark Ma show. If you, if you miss any of this, you can catch it on the podcast. Just search the Mark Ma show on your favorite podcast player, or you can watch me on YouTube as well. Just search market disruptors and you can find it over there as well. But I got to take a quick break. I'm gonna take a second. I'm going to come back. We're going to talk about this more. Don't go away. I'll be right back. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. 
Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the the bloodbath in the banking sector. We're talking about the meltdown in the banking sector. And so I was kind of framing up uh, how that worked. Uh, It's failing. So the banking system is failing because the banks don't have any money. So what happens is you put your money in the bank and you hope that you get your money back out of the bank. What a lot of you maybe don't know is that when you give that money to the bank, it is no longer your money. Most people don't understand this. When you open up bank account, you fill out a whole packet of information. In that packet of information, you basically give away your money. It's no longer yours. You now become what's called an unsecured creditor of the bank. So what does that mean? Unsecured. That means they owe it to you, but it's not against any security. Like uh, if the bank, you know, gives you a loan against your house, but it's secured against the house. So if you don't pay the house loan, they take your house. It's secured against that asset. But when you give your money to the bank, it's unsecured. So we're, we're doing that and they don't have the money. Now, in the case of this, just to kind of frame it up real quick, go watch my YouTube video to get the full details. But basically the Fed created all this money. So we had the pandemic, uh, 2020 came between the Fed and the, and the government, they printed about $11 trillion and sent that out into the ecosystem. Where does that money go? Well, of course, it goes to businesses and people and things like that, and they put it into the bank. The bank balances swelled to massive amounts they hadn't seen. As a matter of fact, in 2021, banks were telling people not to give them any more cash. We don't want your cash. We don't know what to do with it. Uh, go spend it. Go give it to another bank. I mean, it was crazy. And so the balance has swelled for SVB, Silicon Valley Bank. The balance has swelled from $60 billion to almost 200 from 60 to 200 in about a year and a half. Now, what do they do with all that cash? Well, they invest it. Uh, it's your money. They invest it and they make money. Of course, they give you 0%. We're going to come back to that. That's an interesting piece. They give you zero. They're making money. But the problem is... 
um, with Silicon Valley, they and other banks, Silvergate as well, they bought government bonds. And government bonds are very cheap. Then the Fed goes on this crazy hiking path, raises rates really high, drives the value of those bonds down, and the banks lost a lot of money, similar to the free banking era. Then when people went to go get their money out of the bank, Silvergate Bank had over $40 billion worth of redemptions or, or withdrawals in a, in a day, and they didn't have the money. It was gone. They risked it into treasuries. They risked it into mortgage-backed securities, and they lost money, and they didn't have the money to give to the people. Um, when they started selling the treasuries to get the money, they lost almost $2 billion. They tried to go raise $2 billion to pay these people. No one wanted to give it to them. Surprise, surprise. And they went out. Now, it's a, it's a much deeper, uh, more involved story. Like I said, go to my main YouTube channel, Mark Moss, to watch that whole thing. All right. But the, th the, pro the thing is that I want to highlight is that this isn't just Silvergate or Silicon Valley Bank or um, Signature Bank. This is all the banks. This is the entire banking system that's breaking apart like this. It's doomed. They don't have your money. Now, in order to try to save this system, the Fed pulled out some more magic tricks and they basically said, hey, uh, all these uh, government bonds that you have that you lost money on, we'll just make you whole. Okay. And the Fed also said, we're going we're gonna to guarantee all deposits. So you have money in the bank that's FDIC insured up to $250,000. But now the Fed said, hey, we're just going to guarantee all of it. Now, why? Silicon Valley Bank is a bank in Silicon Valley. <laughs> Silicon Valley is a big, big, big political donors, specifically to the Democrat Party. Um, California Governor Gavin Newsom rallied really, really, really hard to get a bailout for Silicon Valley Bank. Turns out all his businesses use that bank. Surprise, surprise. Turns out about 98% of all the deposits in Silicon Valley Bank were not insured because they were over the $250,000 limit. So what we basically had was a small, very small community bank for the very, very, very rich. That's what we had. The very, very rich and very, very connected We'll say, right? So that's basically what happened. And so they got the government, Gavin Newsom got the government's ear, they bailed out the bank and they made all those depositors whole. Now, it wasn't necessary to do this. There was a, there, they, they had losses. They wouldn't have been able to pay everybody back 100%, but they could have paid back everybody mostly, 90%. Maybe some of these depositors would have taken a 10% haircut. These are the billionaires. I think they could afford a 10% haircut. But more importantly, it would protect the system because that 10% haircut would be like that slap on the wrist when you touch a hot stove and you, don't, and you know you don't touch it again. And it would teach those people that they should take personal responsibility and not put all their money into the system that's not protected. It would also teach the bank that they should uh, use proper risk management. So SVB Bank did, didn't do that. They didn't use any proper risk management. They were way too risky. As a matter of fact, they had about 78% of their um, investments into mortgage-backed securities. For comparison's sake, that normal banks are about 30%. They were way too risky. And they didn't employ even the most basic of risk management strategies, such as hedges to protect themselves against bond yields moving against them. And so, again, no lesson is learned. Capitalism is shortcutted. And so uh, the, the government saves the day. But one thing that's important here is that in the fog of war, there are casualties sometimes that uh, you might be called friendly fire, something like that. And in this case, it looks like what the government is trying to do, or I should say the banking system, is they're trying to take out the exits. 
They don't want you to get out of the system because if you get out of the system, the system collapses. They need your money in the bank. As we found out, Silicon Valley Bank, people tried to pull their money out of the bank. The banking system collapsed. If people go pull their money out of the bank, the banking system will collapse. As a matter of fact, if just a few percentage of the people were to pull their money out of the banks, the banking system would collapse. So they need your money in the bank. They don't want it coming out. The whole system collapses, and, and we can see this. So I recently had on uh, Caitlin Long on my main YouTube channel. Amazing interview. It was also on the podcast, so just search Mark Moss Show, Caitlin Long. You can find that interview uh, with hundreds of thousands of views on this video and the podcast downloads. Go check that out. Um, and she was trying to form a bank called Custodia Bank in Wyoming. And Custodia Bank was going to be a custodian, which meant they were going to hold on to your cash for you. They were going to be a 100% full reserve, meaning you give them money, they keep it. None of the other banks do that. When you give your money to the banks, they lend it out. They don't have your money. But her bank wanted to have a novel idea, such as we're going to keep all your cash in the bank and uh, we're going to charge you just to service your cash. And I think a lot of people would do that. And apparently the Fed thinks a lot of people would want that as well. So the Fed denied their banking charter. They said, nope, you can't have that. Why? Why would the Fed do that? Well, it turns out it wasn't the only one. There was another bank called Narrow Bank, same thing. So the Fed has to approve any bank charter and narrow bank, custodia bank, they got denied for trying to be safe, for trying to hold on to your cash, which is what they're supposed to do. And the Fed denied them. Why would the Fed deny them? Well, the Fed denied them because they know that that's what people would want. And so everyone would take all their money out of these risky banks that don't hold your money and they would move it to these other banks and it would completely wipe out the banking system. So the Fed said, no, no, you don't have the right to keep yourself safe. That's how fragile this system is, but it gets worse. There's so much more. Now you won't even believe what they're trying to blame this on and what they're trying to do next. It's probably one of the biggest battlegrounds that we have in our life right now and over the next couple of years. We're going to talk about that. I got to take a quick break. If you're just tuning in right now, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show, talking about the banking collapse, the bloodbath, explaining to you, but we are going to go deep. We have a lot more to cover. So do not go away. I'm just going to take a quick break. I'll come right back. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, deputy opinion editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for for complete terms. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? 
it's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. All right, welcome back. If you just tuned in, you are listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the banking collapse. Of course, this builds into our thesis of the decentralized revolution that we talk about each and every week. And I was talking about how the, the government or, or the Federal Reserve, the Federal Reserve approves banks, and they've denied two different banks because they want to hold your money in the bank. It's a novel concept. And they don't want that because they know that if there was a bank that offered safety and security, everybody would go to that bank. It would collapse the entire system. So what they want is they want to take out the exits. It looks like what they've also done is they've taken out the exits. There's another bank called Signature Bank that got taken over by the FDIC. And according to um, one of the authors of the Dodd-Frank Act that was written after the banking collapse of 2008, that was written specifically to not have this problem happen again, according to one of the authors of that bill, he said that Signature Bank was taken over by the FDIC and they don't know why. It wasn't risky. It wasn't uh, facing insolvency. Uh, There was absolutely no reason for it to be taken over by the FDIC. So he doesn't know why. Except for Signature Bank is one of the main banks that cryptocurrency and Bitcoin companies use. So we had uh, Silvergate Bank go down. That was one of the main banks. And so people, when Silvergate went down, they left and they went to Signature Bank. Signature Bank was one of the other very, very, very crypto Bitcoin friendly banks. And that just got taken over for no reason. Apparently no reason. They weren't risky. Except for is this another case of them trying to take out the exits? They don't want you to be safe. They don't want you to find the exit, to find the lifeboat. They want you on the boat as the boat goes down because I guess it makes the boat go down less slowly, obviously, right? If everybody rushed for the exits, the boat would just sink. Now, they're doing this from a lot of ways. And as I said, kind of before the break, I was saying this is all, they're also doing this in what is maybe the biggest fight we have of our time right now, and that is censorship of our speech. So the SEC head Gary Gensler came out and says, uh, warning, any misconduct amid a banking collapse will be prosecuted, will be prosecuted. What, what kind of misconduct is he talking about? Well, they're saying that people on Twitter talking about a banking collapse are causing a banking collapse. And if you put out a tweet that causes the banks to collapse, you could be prosecuted. They're saying that it could be potentially Peter Thiel's fault because he said that he's pulling his money out of SVB Bank and he's telling all his companies that he advises to pull their money out of SVB Bank. He put that out publicly, which caused a mad rush for the exit, so it's his fault. Never mind SVB made all types of risky investments. Never mind that SVP made zero attempt for any type of risk management. Never mind the fact that they didn't have the money. Like, the bank's supposed to have your money. So if people want to get their money, they should get their money. How is it Peter Thiel's fault that SVP didn't have the people's money? 
I mean, it's just insanity. But apparently, if we don't talk about it, then it's not real. As a matter of fact, I, I, I put on Twitter last night, uh, if you're not following me on Twitter, you should. It's just at one Mark Moss, the number one Mark Moss. And I put this video clip of uh, Jerome Powell, the Fed chair, Jerome Powell, and um, some lawmaker from Nevada was saying, hey, Jerome Powell, it, explain to me, and it was a very clear question, tell me how 2% inflation helps Nevada families. That was a very simple question. Of course, it doesn't, so he couldn't really answer it. So he danced around, danced around, danced around, didn't even try to attempt it. But what he said was, well, it just gives us a target because if people think that we're going to have 2% inflation, then we will. So whatever we collectively think just happens, which... He's calling the self-fulfilling prophecy. If we go into the mirror and we scream Beetlejuice three times, I guess Beetlejuice appears. I don't know. That's what he's saying. So if we just all collectively hold hands and sing Kumbaya and, and hope for 2% inflation, we'll get it, I guess. Um, but I guess that's what they're thinking about banking collapse. If we, don't, if we don't talk about banking collapse, then we won't have banking collapse. Never mind that they don't have your money. That's the problem. Oh, man. That's the problem with all this censorship of, of speech. We shouldn't be afraid of the truth. Truth is freedom. Truth is found in open, honest dialogue. We shouldn't be afraid of that. They're afraid of it because they live in a crooked, evil, corrupt, failing system that if there's any light shine on what they're doing, the whole thing will be found out. As a matter of fact, uh, Henry Ford says, if the American people knew how the banking system worked, there would be a revolution before the morning. Not there'd be a revolution, not tomorrow, before the morning, if the American people knew how it worked. Well, they're finding out how, the, how it works because we're in a new era. We're in a new paradigm. And that new paradigm, that new era is the information age or the digital age. Information moves at the speed of light instantly, and it broadcasts to everybody. Now, I often say, uh, I like to look at politics, finance, and technology. It's always technology that changes the world more than anything. And uh, I have been talking about how it's changing the world now, and it is. And so let's go back a little bit in history to kind of see a little perspective, and we'll jump back forward. But on a 250-year time frame, we have a political revolution cycle. 250 years ago was the American and the French Revolution, rejecting the centralization of the monarchy of the king. 250 years before that was 1500. It was the Protestant Reformation, where the people rejected the centralization of the church and state, and they sought their own decentralized path to God. Now, what led to that? It was a piece of technology. A piece of technology that was invented 70 years earlier, and it was a new piece of technology called the printing press. And the printing press allowed for mass distribution of books, specifically the Bible. And when people got, were, got a Bible and were able to actually read it for themselves, they said, wait a minute, everything you've been telling us is a lie. You're, you're lying to us. Now we know the truth. Now, they didn't like that. Of course, they tried to hang on to that power as best as they could, so they would label anybody who would speak out against this, they label them a heretic, heresy. Uh, my friend Joe Brown, shout out to Joe Brown. Uh, he's got a podcast on the iHeart Network as well. His is called Heresy Financial. Uh, anyway, they would call them a heretic, and it was punishable by death, by death. 
But no matter how many people they killed, no matter how many people they threatened with death, they couldn't stop the inevitable, which was the free flowing of information. And eventually their whole system collapsed because people had the information. Now, fast forward to today, we also have a new invention that started about 30 years ago called the internet. And the internet allows for free flowing of information, sort of like the printing press. And no matter how much they try to censor us, no matter how much Gary Gensler warns us that they're going to prosecute us if we talk about it, the information is out there. And to Henry Ford's quote, if the people knew how the banking system worked, well, that's my job. That's my goal. I shouldn't say it. it's a lot of people's jobs. As I say on my YouTube videos, I'm here to change the way you think about money because everything you've learned is wrong purposely because Henry Ford said there'd be a revolution. They don't want that. So they have to either not teach you about it or they have to teach you wrong. They have to lie to you about it. But just like the printing press, the internet has now exposed this. We now see how it's working and we're in that age today. So they can't control it and it moves fast. So just like Henry Ford said, a revolution before morning, Peter Thiel put that out and within 48 hours, the bank had collapsed within 48 hours. So there's two things. One, information moves really, really fast. We can share the information no matter how much they try to censor and control. You got the Joe Rogans, you got the Russell Brands, you got little old me doing my part as well, trying to expose this so you know what's going on. And they can't stop that. But there's something else that's also leading to this, something called the digital age. I'm gonna talk about that. I gotta take a quick break. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the banking system collapse. I'm gonna do, uh, I'm gonna cover exactly, uh, like I said, the second ingredient to why we're in a new paradigm and why they aren't able to control this. And then we're gonna talk about how to protect yourself from all of this. Um, so I'm gonna be back with all of that. Um, talk about some of the ramifications, like I said, how to protect yourself uh, and so much more. Um, if you missed any of this before, go check it out on the podcast, The Mark Moss Show on your favorite podcast player or The Market Disruptors YouTube channel. You can listen and watch me at the same time. I'm going to take one quick break. I'm going to be right back with the rest. Don't go away. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The Seven every weekday. So follow The Seven right now. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for for complete terms. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. 
All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. Of course, we're talking about the banking system collapse, the bloodbath that's happening in the banking market, uh, banking system. And of course, this leads into our thesis of the decentralized revolution. It's one of the three revolutionary cycles that are resetting. The financial system is resetting. Now, uh, I'm not going to recap everything I've talked about, but it was important. Go check it out on the podcast player. Just search Mark Moss Show if you want to check that out. So the, the new paradigm, now information moves at the speed of light. Um, the internet has changed that, exposes it. But even more importantly, we're in the digital age of money. And so in previous banking collapses in the 70s, in the 30s, the 20s, the 1800s, information moved very, very slow. Maybe, you know, out on my farm, way out on the prairie, eventually months later, like a little rumor comes to me and I don't know if it's true or not, right? So information moved really slow, um, whereas today, boom, one Twitter post can reach millions of people or tens or 20 or 50 million people. Uh, but more importantly, uh, if I'm that rancher out on the farm that maybe don't get that news for a couple months now, then I would have to get in my, get on my horse and I'd have to ride however many days to get to the town and stand in line at a bank to get some cash out. Now I can see the post online on my favorite news site or social media app, and I can literally open my banking app and just click a button and move my money out of the bank. So not only in the digital age, not only does information move at the speed of light, so does money. And I can move it from one bank to another which, you know, hurts that bank I pulled it from, it's still in the banking system overall. Or with a click of a button, I can just go buy Bitcoin, which happened a lot. We saw Bitcoin pr price bounce from 20000 to 25000 as massive amounts of people were moving into Bitcoin. Also gold. Gold caught a massive bid, did amazing. Um, but a couple things I, I think that are interesting about this. The banks don't understand capitalism. So they don't understand capitalism because the government always bails them out, right? If there was a little bit of risk and reward here, if banks actually lost money instead of what do they, what do we say, privatizing gains, the banks privatize the gains, they get to keep the profits. But if they lose, we socialize the losses. That means you and I as taxpayers have to pay that. Um, if they didn't do, if the government didn't bail them out, if that didn't happen, they would learn that, shoot, I shouldn't touch that hot stove again. Capitalism would kick in. They'd have personal responsibility, but they don't. Couple things that are just stupid for the banks that have, again, uh, because they've never had risk. It's like a, it's like it's like a it's like a kid who's been uh, or, or or an adult who's grown up with you know overbearing parents who's treated them like a kid and they've just never learned to manage themselves. And so the banks didn't practice any proper risk management. That's their fault. They made massive bad investments into ESG that have completely failed. So they lost, they, they had no risk management. They made massive amounts of bad investments, but uh, that's SVB. But the banks overall don't get it either. So for example, um, as I said, you give your money to the bank, you are a um, non-secured creditor, okay? And how much does the bank give you? Well, when you give the money to the bank, they loan, they use that money to invest and make money. How much of that do they give back to you? See, used to be when I gave my money to the bank, the bank would invest it, and then they would pay me interest, which was a return on my money, which was part of the money they were making with my money. But today, we put our money in the bank, they make money with our money, but they give us zero. As a matter of fact, most banks pay like 0 0.8 today. But the Fed, the government, the Fed will pay me 5%. And that's the Fed. So I don't have to worry about the riskiness of the bank. I don't have to worry about being an unsecured creditor. I, I don't have to worry about uh, them, them you know, making bad deals or whatever, fraud. I don't have to worry about any of that. I just give it directly to the Fed. And they 
guarantee my money, and they pay me 5%. So would you rather take all the risk, all the problems, all the headaches, all the pitfalls, all for 0% or give it to the Fed for five? Well, of course the answer is give it to the Fed for five. So what are people doing? Well, they're pulling money out. Banks have never had to deal with competition. They don't understand capitalism, so they don't get this. So if the banks want us to keep our money in the banks, they should probably pay us better than what the Fed will pay us. They should pay us Fed 5% plus whatever they're making on our loan portfolio. They're giving out credit cards. They're giving out home loans. They're making about a 17% return on average, 17%. So could they give us what the Fed is paying 5 plus 2? Could they give us 7%? Well, I'll keep my money in the bank for 7%. At 5%, it's going to the Fed. That's it. Banks lose. Now, maybe I'll keep enough to pay my house payment next month, but the rest goes to the Fed. So how do we protect ourselves? Let's move into that part. Well, one, get your money out of the banks. Move it to the Fed. Certainly keep your money under $250,000 amounts, certainly. Of course, now the Fed's going to backstop all that, so maybe that doesn't even matter anymore. But why would you put your money in the bank and earn zero? Now, like I said, you know, we have our checking account. Uh, I'm talking about checking account is money that I need short term, pay my bills this month. And then you should have, hopefully you have a savings account and that's long-term money, right? And so that savings account, put that at the Fed, go make 5%. You can do it. And now not long-term treasuries. That's how everyone lost money. Short-term treasuries, less than two years, one year, six months. And it's tax-free. In most, in most cases, talk to your tax professional on that. Most, most cases, that income is tax-free for you. So it's even better than that. You can't earn that in stocks, which is why stocks are going downhill. So that's how you protect yourself. That's one way. Another way, obviously, Bitcoin. Bitcoin was made for this moment. As I said, it pumped from 20000 to 25000 People realize that uh, the banks can't be trusted. There's moral hazard. And so uh, there's Bitcoin. Now, I'm going to do a live event next week where I'm going to go live for about an hour and really going to break this system down and, and more importantly, talk about how we can protect ourselves, how we can invest, how we can make money through this situation because a lot of wealth is being created right now. Um, if you want to find out about that, you want to join me next week um, where we're going to go live and you can actually interact with me. It's done like over Zoom. Uh, just go to go.onemarkmoss.com, go.onemarkmoss.com slash crash go.onemarkmoss.com slash crash. And we'll go live. Uh, like I said, in a Zoom environment, we can talk, we can share messages and we'll really talk about this, but I'm going to lay out my plan of how we're making a killing in this market. Um, when, there's, when there's volatility, that's when the time is to make money. It's sort of like um, when there's big waves in the ocean, that's the time to go surf. When there's big waves in the financial market, that's time to make money. So we're going to talk about that. But, um, you know, like I said, uh, Get your money out of the bank. Why? If you if you have more than you need for this month or two, go put it into treasuries. Short dated, less than two years, tax-free in most cases. Gold is doing amazingly well. I expect that to continue. Uh, Bitcoin is doing amazingly well. And part of this isn't just the system collapsing on its own because they've made all these bad decisions, which is certainly the case. It's also happening because other nations around the world see the same problem. As a matter of fact, central banks have bought more gold than any time in history. Central banks are going, shoot, we don't want fiat currency. I don't want any fiat currency. I don't want the Turkish lira. I don't want, uh, I don't want, any, I don't want any currency. I don't even want the U.S. dollar. I'd rather just have the gold. Uh, they're saying, I would rather have the commodities. 
So Russia announced they're going to produce less oil. They'd rather keep the oil in the ground than pump it all out and hold on to fiat currencies. Saudi Arabia, the same thing. GM just announced they're going to spend $650 million, over half a billion dollars to buy a lithium mine. They'd rather own lithium in the ground than they would rather have the dollars or the treasuries. So that's what's happening here. Uh, and so, you know, we have the, the rise of the BRICS nations. Over 60% of the people in the world are now part of the BRICS nations. That's Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. But of course, lots of other nations are joining in Iran, Saudi Arabia, and now even Mexico is talking about it, which would be catastrophic. And so everybody sees what's happening. Everybody's running to the exits. The banking system is trying to close off those exits as fast as they can. And you need to get out of the exit while you still can. But like I said, those walls are closing. And if you want to join me next week, we're going to go live, talk about this, do live Q&A, join me. Just go.onemarkmoss.com slash crash. Again, that's go.onemarkmoss.com slash crash. Um, but whatever you do, be careful. It's the age of personal responsibility is snapping back. You are responsible for your retirement. You are responsible for your health. You are responsible for your money in the bank. You're responsible for your business. You're responsible for yourself. No one is coming to save you. So better learn how to do it yourself. Anyway, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show, talking about the decentralized revolution, talking about the banking collapse. If you missed any of it, check it out on the podcast, The Mark Moss Show. And that's what I got. Thanks for listening. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.